Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Good. Blessed to be in the house of the Lord with the Lord's people. I want to talk to you about that today. Um, I want to ask you this. How important are you to God? Yeah. I know sometimes in life you feel insignificant, unimportant, unvalued. Is that a word? You know what I mean, though. Right? Sometimes in life you feel that way, but you are extremely valuable to God. First of all, you know, he loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. Most of us are familiar with John 3.16. You should never, ever get over that or beyond that. And if you ever doubt or question God's love for you, just remember that. But also this, your purpose in life, is so significant to God. Your life, what you do each and every day, is very significant to God. As a matter of fact, if, if you are in the kingdom of God, right? If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you are in the kingdom of God, you are an essential worker, right? That term, that phrase, has been made famous or infamous over the past year or so, essential worker. What is that? Right? Okay, so if you were an essential worker, right, you felt one way. But if you were in the occupation where your work is non-essential, how does that make you feel? Like, hey, your your job is really not very significant, right? You're not very essential. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Every person in the kingdom of God is an essential worker. You are. Um, we're in this series going through Nehemiah. We're actually going through, looking at Ezra as well. But we're looking at Nehemiah, rise and build, and how God had a plan to build his kingdom. And the thing is, is he involved his people in the process. Now, when you think about it, what's needed to build? Say you're building a home or something like that. What's needed? We've talked about the plan. We've talked about the foundation over the past couple weeks. But then you need people to actually build it, right? You need workers. Now, man, isn't it sad when you look out in our country and in our community to see the shortage of workers? You feel that, don't you? I mean, you you, your, your customer service experience is C-plus at best, right? <laughs> you have longer waiting times and stuff like that. Parts and shipments are delayed by, by several weeks, and it, it affects everybody when there's a shortage of workers. Look, take apply that same concept to the kingdom of God. It's, it's felt. There's a ripple effect throughout his kingdom when there is a shortage of workers. Jesus was on to this concept 2,000 years ago. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. You are an essential worker. Kingdom people, I want to share this statement with you. Kingdom people are kingdom builders. So if we need to wrap our minds around something this morning, you know, God has, has saved us. God has provided us salvation through his son Jesus, but Paul says that he has transferred us into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of his son. That means you are a kingdom citizen, kingdom of heaven. 
and kingdom people are kingdom builders. Nehemiah 2.18, I love this, how Nehemiah starts this out. And, and remember, Nehemiah is, is in one place, right? He's in Babylon, and he, he goes back. He, he has a passion for the Lord and his kingdom. He goes back to Jerusalem. When he gets there, he says this, And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. Now, it's their turn. Notice, notice what they say here. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. Okay, do you see all the personal pronouns there? It's, it's they. It's us. It's there. It's the people. It's the group. But notice what they're focused on, the singular, the good work. All the people, different people, different backgrounds, focused on one thing. You know, God uses different people to do different things, to build one kingdom, doesn't he? You're not insignificant at all. You're an essential worker. You know, I, as we step back and take a look at Ezra and Nehemiah, you'll, you'll notice that three people sort of, come to the top, rise to the top, uh, Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Those were the leaders in this time period that God had called to sort of lead this effort. And it's so interesting that they're all different. They're all different. And they had different focuses. Zerubbabel had a temple focus. He, that's what his part was involved in doing, and that's what he was skilled to do. He focused on the temple. Ezra focused on the people and their spiritual health and we'll see that more next week that's what he was a teacher of the law he was a scribe he was also a priest and so he was he was sort of leading this spiritual revival among the people and then nehemiah focused specifically on the wall around the city man all these different people different things one kingdom you know those were the leaders but can god use everybody he can and he does he does you know, here's the thing, though. Kingdom building is most effective when kingdom workers work together. When they work together. It's not just about working, right? That's one thing. But it's working together. You know what? Our biggest enemy is not the devil. If, hey, if you're in the kingdom, I mean, your biggest enemy is not the devil at all, Right? I mean, Satan has crushed his head. You're in that camp. The devil has no power over you. Right? You're covered by the blood of the Lamb. He cannot touch you. You understand that? The biggest enemy to kingdom workers is not the devil, it's disunity. Disunity. Jesus said this, every kingdom divided will be brought to ruin that's why when you look back at jesus's prayers he prayed so many times for unity before his death he and he specifically prayed for his disciples lord i pray that they be one i pray that they be unified he knew that that was the single greatest threat to them man working together not just working when we look at this today these people work together and they did amazing things for the kingdom of God. 
Well, how did they work together? I want to share with you three areas. First of all, they worked together to financially support one cause. These people gave of their resources. They worked together through, through, through giving. They gave what they, they could. They gave what they had. They gave for one cause. Ezra 1.5 says this, Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, notice this, everyone whose heart God had moved, right? So God is working in these people, prepared to go and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. So God is working in the hearts of people. They're preparing to go. They've got one mission, one cause, one purpose. Notice what they do in verse 6. All their neighbors assisted them, right? Everybody around them, all the people, with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with valuable gifts, in addition to all the free will offerings. What's what's taking place here? Man, the people are working together. They're unified for one cause. And they're they're saying, I'm I'm in. I'm in. I'm supporting this. The group of people returning, they're all pitching in. They're all working together pulling their resources. Why? And God moved in their hearts. God moved in their hearts. They were united to build his kingdom. As a matter of fact, chapter 2, verse 68, notice this, when they arrived, so this is before, what we read before is before they left, when they arrived there, another round came. When they arrived at the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the heads of the families gave free will offerings towards the rebuilding of the house of God on its site. That's a couple times that word free will there is mentioned, free will offerings. And that is just the offering that just says, God, I want to give this to you. Not, you're not making me. I'm not required to do this. But I feel you in my heart, and I want to build your kingdom. You've given this to me, and I want to give back to you. So they're doing this. It's everybody. It's the neighbors. It's the families. And it is the head of households, right? They are taking charge, and they are leading by example. Man. Here's another thing about kingdom builders. Kingdom builders are kingdom givers. And we, we give to advance the kingdom. We give for for one cause. You know, we have some kingdom givers here at Community Heights. We do. If you're new here, this is an amazing church with, an ama- with amazing people. We have no debt here. No debt. And you look back at the years that people have, have come here and have, have given, it is a testimony to kingdom givers. You see, we are so blessed and, and we are, our church, collectively, we are making a difference, not just here, but around the world. You know, a while back, you know, we did, a, we did an effort to raise some money for Costa Rica camp sponsorships. You know, because of COVID, we really didn't get too much involved in our own camps this year. So we said, hey, we'll support, we, we want to support some kids going to camp in another country, right? And so Fanny and Marco sent me a message a couple of weeks back. Do we have a picture here? So 60-some kids showed up. We sponsored four of those kids. 
and lives were changed. Several of those kids gave their life to the Lord during camp week. Are you making a difference for the kingdom? Yes, you are. You are. This uh, ministry, (coughs) Word of Life ministry, is embarking on something new this year. And they're going to the Caribbean side of the country to start a youth ministry. Now, are you impacting lives for the kingdom? You are. You are. And I, um, Chad and Lindsay are, are well, Chad's with us this morning, but I was just thinking this week, what a blessing it is to have them, isn't it? To have their fa- Do you realize that the vast majority of churches have uh, pastors that are either bivocational or just part-time? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I, I grew up in, in that type of church but I, what I did <clears throat> I saw the limitations of that as well right lots of good churches that are small and just you know they're they're making their impact in their their communities I look here and and, and I am able to be, do this full-time and Chad and his family is able to do this full-time and man what a blessing that is and if I wasn't a pastor, I would want to be involved in a church that had a full-time pastor there. Man, I want to be about that. Let's go. Let's do more. Let's build this kingdom, right? We are kingdom builders, making a big impact. You know, in just a couple of weeks, Chad and Lindsay are going to Montana, right? We have an opportunity to be involved in a mission trip to Montana. Now, isn't that, so that's new for Community Heights. That's exciting for us. That's exciting for me. I want to go one day, Chad, I hope y'all come back and say it's just an amazing opportunity because I'm going to wear chaps and a cowboy hat and just, I'm going to have fun. I'll fit right in out there. But see, I, I see. I, I look back and I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? All right, and this Montana thing wasn't like my idea. It wasn't even Community Heights' idea. This was a, a local church association's idea. Oh, and just so happened that Chad has been to Montana several times doing mission trips. And we hired him last year. Is that God sort of moving and working to build? Yes, but look, he's blessing, and, and he blesses through his people. There is no way that we could have hired myself, Chad, anybody sponsored Costa Rica or anything like that without kingdom people being kingdom givers. No way. No way. Making a difference. This playground out here is being built slowly but surely. <laughs> um, you know, we haven't had a, uh, a decent playground right in forever and look i think it's an important investment it's not just an investment to say hey oh we got some more for our kids to play it's more than that it's showing kids that they are valuable hey we need to teach kids that they are valued they are important it's a sign to our community that hey community heights values kids We want to gather people, and we want to fellowship, and we want to build relationships, and we want to talk about struggles in life, 
We want to smile. We want to laugh. We want to have fun. It's all part of building the Lord's kingdom. Are you contributing to the kingdom work? I know a lot of you are. What we find in this is so interesting. When each person gives a little, a lot can be done. A lot can be done. It's for one purpose. One purpose, to bring glory and to build the kingdom. Next thing, they work together. They work side by side to accomplish one goal. They work side by side to accomplish one goal. You know the phrase, many hands lighten the load or something like that. Many hands make light work. That concept. You know, a couple of years ago when the flooding came here, I mentioned this maybe last week, <clears throat> just disastrous flooding. Going to have some areas in our country and probably close to home this week that are going to be impacted by floodwaters. But our church, okay, we became um, sort of the hub uh, for the relief effort, which was an amazing blessing. We had some folks come in from all over to stay on our campus for a couple of weeks. Remember that? That was awesome. Look, in two weeks, that crew rebuilt and repaired uh, two dozen homes. Right? That, that is mind-boggling to me, how that much work can be accomplished in that quick of a time frame. But it, they were working side by side to accomplish one goal. Same thing happened here. Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1. <laughs> Bear with me while I read this, okay? Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. There we go. Verse 2. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Emery, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. There we go. Okay. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakkaz, repaired the next section. Next to him... Meshulam, son of Barakiah, the son of Meshezabel, made repairs next to him. Z Zadok, son of Banana, son of, son of Bana. Also made repairs. I'm gonna stop there. Two things stand out when I read this. First of all, my Hebrew is horrible. <laughs> didn't, go, didn't go to seminary for Hebrew, obviously. Um, the next obvious thing is they worked next to each other. I want you to go home today and read all of chapter 3 and have fun with the names. But also notice how long it is. All of chapter 3 lists all these people that work next to each other. The phrase next to them or beside them or after them or close to them appears over 30 times in chapter 3. Next to them, beside them, hand in hand, side by side. One purpose, one goal. You know, folks, when the church 
sets aside disagreements, differences, right? Opinions. And they work side by side together. Hey, man, kingdoms can be built that way. When the church just focuses on one goal, right? And, and works side by side and realizing that, hey, we are, we are all in the same kingdom. We are working for one king and we are working for one kingdom and one purpose and one goal to build his kingdom, not our own. Man, things happen so much more effectively and efficiently. These people, they each had different backgrounds, different abilities, but they all work together side by side, arm, arm in arm, arms connected, right, for one goal. I want to share this with you, Nehemiah 3.14. The dung gate was repaired by Malkijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakarim. He rebuilt it and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. The dung gate. Imagine how glamorous that would have been. The Dungate. Hey, I, I'm working on the poop gate today. Like, that's my place in the kingdom work. Anybody want to brag about that? The Dungate got its name. <laughs> you know how. That's where all the animal waste was discarded. Dungate. Man, I look at this guy. This guy is recorded in Scripture. Malkija. He built the Dungate. You know, his job was just as important as anyone else's. You know, he, not a, not a complaint in here about him, from him. No, he, he did it. He did it with pride. He did it all for the glory of God. He did it with all his heart. Hey, he put its doors. He put the bolts. He put the bars. He made it to its original form. He, he, he repaired it. He replaced it. He made it new. The dung gate. The poop gate. Now, the dung gate wasn't famous at all. It wasn't popular like the Jaffa Gate. The Jaffa Gate's the most popular gate in ancient Jerusalem. Lovely, big. Most of the people would gather there. Kings would give their announcements there. But you know, the Dung Gate, geographically, is the closest gate to the Holy of Holies. that and you look at the heart of somebody that repairs the dung gate that's the heart that's closest to God Jesus Jesus came and he showed us hey there is no such thing as small kingdom work there's no such thing as non-glamorous kingdom work it's all important it's all valuable. It all matters. As a matter of fact, I will wash feet. I will do the lowest thing possible to show you 
that it, it all matters. I will wash feet. Hey, I will touch lepers. I will pick up dead people. I will touch people and heal people on Sunday. I will do the things that are not glamorous that people despise. Look, I'll even take this little kid and I will let him sit in my lap and people never touch kids. Imagine not hugging kids. That was the culture. Kids come sit on my lap. You know what he said? The kingdom of heaven belongs to these. Man, I know I've known so many guys over the years that have done jobs behind the scenes. Never noticed. Right? Man, you might not be able to do the things that everybody notices, but you might be able to do some things that are extremely important to the Lord and His kingdom. Be involved in those things. We have opportunities for people to be involved in children's ministry, youth ministry. I know those things are like, oh man, I don't know about that. Hey, that is that is closest to God when you're involved in those things. You want to talk about Dungate? How about changing poop diapers in the nursery? Get as close to the Dungate as you can. You can wear a mask if you want. Man. Amazing opportunity. They all work together. Everything was significant. They worked side by side for one kingdom. Last thing, they worked near their homes to build one kingdom. They worked near near their homes. Okay. Nehemiah 3.12. This is so cool. Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of a half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters, okay? So here is a important guy. He is ruler of a half district of Jerusalem. So he's like part mayor maybe of somewhere inside Jerusalem over a district. He's a supervisor. And here he is pitching in. He's not saying, hey, do this for me. He is getting involved himself. And who does he bring along? Two of his daughters. Whoa. Hey, women didn't do do that stuff then, right? Let alone the little girls. I love this about this guy. What is he showing others? What is he showing the Lord? What is he showing his daughters, most importantly? The kingdom matters. Working for the kingdom matters. Hey, look, families, you know, inside of our homes, we are responsible, responsible for the upbringing of our children, aren't we? We see the breakdown of that in our country. But if we're in the kingdom, we are responsible for bringing up our children as workers in the kingdom. Look, it's one thing to bring kids to church and drop them off and entrust them to somebody else's teaching. That's good too. It's another thing to take responsibility and show them how to be a kingdom worker. Do you know kids learn most? People learn most through modeling. 
through relationships, through, through seeing. When your kids look at you and they see mommy or daddy investing and working and building in the kingdom, do you know how important that lesson that you're teaching them is? Do you know how important the lesson is when you say, hey, son, hey, daughter, I'm going here, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go on this mission trip, or I'm going to work here in this ministry and church, or I'm going to do this, or here, can you help me fill out this check I'm going to give here? When, when you involve them in that, what kind of lesson is that to them? Huge, huge lesson. Yeah. Not only did the people do this in their own homes, but they also did it around their homes. Nehemiah 3.23. Beyond them, Benjamin and Hashub made repairs in front of their house, okay? And next to them, Azariah, son of Messiah, okay? Uh, the son of Ananiah made repairs beside his house. Next to them, Zadok, son of Emmer, made repairs opposite his house. Okay, so do you get that? In front B-side, opposite their own house. What are they doing? Man, they're building the kingdom in their backyard. They're building the kingdom in their own community. They were making an impact where they lived. I look out in our community, in our region, and there's repairs that need to be made, folks. There's gates that need to be strengthened. There's walls that need to be patched. There's people that are hurting. There's families that are broken. There are kids without parents. There's people addicted to drugs like crazy. There's depression. There's anxiety. And on top of all that, we've got people fighting each other over disagreements kingdom people we got work to do in our own backyard across from your house in front of your house beside your house how can you make a difference I want to ask uh, J.R. Watson to come up just to share a few minutes of what he's doing to make a, a difference in, in our community Thank you. Um, I want to talk to you all a few minutes this morning about Kids Outdoor Zone, or KOZ. Uh, some of you in the church may be familiar with the KOZ ministry. Some of you may not. Um, Kids Outdoor Zone is a youth outdoor ministry that this church is part of. It's a nationwide ministry. You can look it up to Yahoo, Google, find more information about it. A couple years ago, I had an opportunity to work with a KOZ group and just kind of got hooked. And I've been uh, leading the KOZ group here at Community Heights Church for the past few years. And at one time was leading the group in Lebanon Baptist. And I've been working with a couple folks out of Gracewood in Lebanon. Um, back during the pandemic, when we weren't able to meet in person, I got a phone call from uh, Rick McGee who's a KOZ leader in Lynchburg, and T.J. Graney, who's the KOZ founder in Austin, Texas. And they asked me if I would be willing to be part of a KOZ planting group 
that would go all over the United States uh, helping set up KOZ groups. I've recently completed that training and we're looking at some dates and opportunities to set other groups up. But I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about KOZ and, and what KOZ is in this church. Um, it's a youth outdoor ministry for boys ages 8 to 18 where men in the church mentor boys using outdoor adventure as the avenue for mentoring with a biblical curriculum. Uh, it began as a program some years ago mentoring boys that did not have a father in the home or a father figure. And uh, TJ grew up without a father, and that's kind of what the Lord had led him to to start the group. Uh, here in the past few years, it's kind of expanded to boys, regardless of whether they have a father in the home or not, from all backgrounds to sharing outdoor adventures where God's message can come to them through these outdoor experiences they have. Right now in the United States, the average boy spends 40 minutes a week outside and 70 hours a week in front of a computer screen, TV, gaming, some type of electronics. In the United States, it's creating an unhealthy mental, physical, and spiritual population with our boys and young men. I don't have anything against games. I don't have anything against movies. But when you're spending 40 minutes a week outside compared to 70 hours a week in front of a computer screen, there's an issue. In the United States, 40% of our young men are growing up in a home without a father. This lack of a male role model has created a dramatic increase in drug use, school dropouts, crime, and many other issues. However, socioeconomic, health, and mental statistics have been shown to improve in those boys when they have a positive mentor in their life. Hence the reason for KOZ. We try to take those boys, draw them into outdoor adventures where their mind will open up and we can mentor to them with a biblical curriculum. Where did Jesus do almost the majority of his teaching at? Outside. That's why it's so important for us to get these boys outside. Um, a lot of men are bound indoors to the type of jobs you have. But where do most of us as men run to when we have those jobs inside? We're hunting, we're fishing, we're hiking, we're golfing, we're doing something outside. It's the same thing with these young men and these boys. They need that outdoor time. I hear from a lot of folks, well, my kid's not really a, an outdoors kid or, or this or that. It's important for every boy to get that opportunity to learn something. Sometimes it's they just don't have an opportunity or they've never got to do anything. We had a couple of young boys here recently. What are we going to do? We're going fishing. Uh, oh, you don't like fishing? I don't know. Never been fishing. I'm like, what? Never been? No, never been fishing. Well, I'm going to tell you what. When they started catching fish and I said, it's time to go eat. No, no, please, please. 
I'll skip lunch. I'm not that hungry. I want to keep doing this because it was an opportunity that they had just never had. I'm not here with KOZ trying to take anything away from Sunday school classes, Awana, youth programs. It's not what I'm here for. But a lot of these boys that we're trying to reach in KOZ, they're not coming to Awana. They're not coming to Sunday school. They're not coming to youth programs because that's not their thing. We're trying to open up different opportunities for the outdoors and godly men to uh, mentor them. Um, it, it's a good opportunity for that. I've had a good opportunity the past couple of years to see it working firsthand. Uh, we've had a young boy who's now attending Gracewood who recently got baptized. He started coming to KOZs for some of the outdoor activities. Then his parents sort of got involved. They got interested, and it's led to something else. Uh, we had a couple other boys who were teetering on that troublesome stage, getting in trouble at school, having some issues. I think the KOZ program has helped them. It's turned them around. And we had one young man in particular that he's graduated out of the KOZ program now. But when I first started working with him, he was from a troubled home. His father was in prison, mother working a couple jobs, trying to make ends meet, getting in trouble at school, fighting, issues, different things going on. And his mother turned to Lebanon Baptist, to uh, Heath, who's moved back to uh, Alabama now. But when Heath was at Lebanon Baptist, and Heath said, hey, can you all talk to this guy, get him involved in the program? We did. One of my first experiences with him is I took him turkey hunting. And for those of y'all that turkey hunt, usually you're quiet, you know, you're camouflaged, you're being real careful. Needless to say, there was turkey safe within 100 miles of us. <clears throat> for whatever reason, he just opened up. He started telling me about his dad in prison. He started telling me about the things he were doing. We were able to start mentoring with him. He went from a kid that's dropping out of high school dabbling in crime, dabbling in drugs, to a kid that walked away from that. He started attending church regular. He started getting help and graduated high school. And me and my wife went to the graduation ceremony. And he was just like so shocked we were there. But, but he loved it. I honestly feel that the KOZ program made a difference in him. And without it, he would probably be in a different place today. So... After the church service, I'll be up front here. If any of you have an interest in KOZ, want to talk about it more, I joked with Zach earlier and told him I would try to keep it within an hour, and he said that was on me, that uh, they, you could get upset at me, not him. But uh, <laughs> I'll be up front here after the service if you want to talk about anything particular. But I guess I'm here today to ask a couple things of you. Number one, keep myself and the other KOZ leaders in, in your prayers. As you're aware, it's a tough front out there. And some of these boys that we're trying to mentor with and deal with, it is tough times that they're encountering. Second thing, if you know of boys that may be of interest, please pass the word on to them, get their contact information to us, have them reach us. Um, the boys don't have to come to Community Heights. They don't have to go to any church. 
that's one of the great things about KOZ is we're open to mentor to any boys anywhere that want to be part of the program. Second thing is donations. Time is my big thing. There's been, unfortunately, a couple outings where some of the other folks couldn't help. Currently, I'm the only individual here at Community Heights involved in the KOZ program. I've got Lonnie Breeding that was active in the Awana program here out of um, Gracewood. Lonnie's been helping some, but I've had a couple outings where I'm the only one with eight or 10 boys. And sometimes it becomes a safety issue or it's hard for me to take the time to mentor to that one who's calling out, needing that attention and help when you've got other boys that are doing things. So if anybody has an interest in helping, it would be fabulous. I'm not asking you to commit to a whole year. We meet one Saturday a month, usually four or five hours. Come and help. Come and be part of it. And recently I had someone who said, I don't know anything about the outdoors. Don't know anything about what you're doing, but I can cook. Excellent. You know, they were able to cook lunch while we were working with the activities, while we were mentoring. So it may be something as simple as that. So get the word out. Anybody that's willing to help, great. And then the third thing is if it's laid on your heart to help, we've got a KOZ fund here at the church to help out. Uh, outdoor adventure is expensive. Feeding teenage boys is expensive. So if you'd be willing to help with any of that, that would be great. Or you may simply just have some a tent or some old fishing gear or something that you no longer need anymore. If you've outgrown your hunting clothes, you've updated your camouflage, some of these boys don't have anything. Uh, we take them hunting, we take them fishing, we do stuff. Um, I usually spend, it depends, year before last, I think I spent about $200 out of my pocket buying hunting license for boys. Um, Another individual went to Cabela's and spent $500 at Cabela's buying orange and some ammunition and supplies and things like that. I'm blessed to have folks that's willing to help in the community. I've got some businesses that help me that have told me they do not want their names mentioned. I had a business owner who owns a coal company made a point to come to one of my KOZ groups one day and had some stuff for the boys, and he would not give them to them personally because he said, I don't want them knowing where it came from. As far as they know, it, it came from the leaders, it came from the church. We're not asking for anything. But we still need donations, and we still need the time from people. And gentlemen, I know you're busy. I'm busy. We're all busy. But if you want a good opportunity, a truly rewarding opportunity, come and spend a Saturday with us. Come be part of it with us or pass it on to someone. It might be a neighbor, nephew, some kid in your neighborhood, somebody that plays ball on your ball team that you think, you know what, this would be a program for them. This would be an opportunity for them. We would love to have them. Now, this time, um, if anybody has any questions, be more than glad to answer any questions, or I will be up front here uh, when the service is over if you have anything. Thank you, JR. Give him a hand. And Jill uh, and Colton 
Oh, man, what a tremendous opportunity that is, making an impact. Imagine, look, imagine, folks, what we could do working together for one purpose, to build the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that the wall, so Nehemiah got these people together, got them working, man, their hearts moving, and everybody's contributing, doing their part. They built the wall in 52 days. They did in 52 days what they could not do in 52 years previously because they started working together for one kingdom. I hope we can do the same. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we just want to honor you and worship you. Father, we want to hear from you and we need you in our lives. Father, just touch us in ways that we need this morning. You know our needs. You know our hearts. Father, help us to turn our eyes towards you and your kingdom here. Uh, help us to turn our hearts towards you and your purpose for our lives. And Father, we know it's so easy for us to get distracted and divided and focused on building our own homes that we, that we uh, forget to build your house. Father, help us to realize that that's what you want us to do. You want us to build your kingdom, and we each play an important part and role in that, Father. We just ask that you bless this church. Father, continue to bless the ministries and the people that are, that are serving and the lives that they are touching and changing, all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.